Two Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another season of Two Brothers, One Mike. And I'm Joe. And as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. Everybody out there in T-Bomb Land, Season 3, Episode 1. Joe, did you think we were going to get this far? Did you think we were going to get Season 3, Episode 1 in, or did you think we were going to quit after one season? What was your thoughts when we first started doing this? I never thought we were going to quit. I just, I'm thinking in my head, dear God, I got to do another 20 episodes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's all starting all over again. But it's all, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now we're committed. You can't go anywhere now. No. You've got to stay here. You got to stay in the game. Our mother said so. You got to stay in the game for all 20 episodes before you even make any more decisions after that. So we're locked in. There's nothing we can do about it. It's our upbringing. It's that Greek Italian upbringing. Uh, And so what a good, what a good show we have to start season three off today. Folks, you, those of you who've been following us uh, since season one, episode one, you know what our journey is about. Our journey is about exercise. Our journey is about nutrition. It's about supplementation. We have great interviews with Ron, the pharmacist. It's about mental health. We have great interviews with Dr. Nicole Rentilla, our our clinical psychologist. We've had great interviews talking about different types of diets, like the carnivore diet with Amber Landsman Butcher, and we talk about hydration with Gina Berea. And so we've we we have all that down. But we also love the seventies and eighties nostalgia, and we love what. The feel good stories. And today we're going to bring to you, I know me personally, I'm going to bring to you a really great feel good story of my own that has me personally believing in society. And I think, Joe, and this is a this is a time when when let's be honest, a lot of people don't have a lot of faith in society right now. Um, when you now for those of us, for those of you who are listening to us. In uh, we have so many different countries right now listening to us. Those of you who are listening to us in Finland, those of you who are listening to us in Germany, in Ireland, uh, in Sweden, and and so on and so forth, I want you to try and apply what we're going to talk about today because this is going to be more about. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, as I lose my voice again. Uh, this is going to be more about America. It's going to be more about the United States. Because this is what we've seen. This is what we are dealing with living here in the continental United States. See if this, if when you guys are listening to the show overseas, tell, you know, let us know, is this something that, that you guys deal with as well in your country? I wouldn't be shocked if, if you deal with the same thing, but we would be interested in knowing. So in America, we have a situation, uh, and it's been going on for quite some time now, right, Joe, where we just don't feel good about society. So many people are we, – we, we feel doomed, don't we? Don't a lot of people talk like that? This is the end. It's over. Uh, society as we know it is coming to an end. What do you think, Joe? If you had to guess, what's one of the biggest reasons why we have that right now? Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, there's so many. I, I don't even know where I would start. Um, there's 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 things that uh, politics are a huge factor. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a racial uh, motivation uh, yeah. on both ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, just so many different things. Uh, then we have our boomers and our generation Zers, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, I love uh, them both. I love yeah, them both. Two yeah. different, you know, uh, uh 
thought process is there. Mm-hmm. There's just so many different things that yeah. that uh, have us segregated. I think. Well, let me ask you this question: all this, all this segregation, all this divide that we have going on. I think we could tie it into something. I think we could tie it into social media. Now, now that is a different show, right? That we're going to do. Uh, so we don't want to stick with this, but we allow we allow people to use their 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 thoughts and their agendas and their processes on every type of social media outlet you could think of to divide us the way they do and to try to lead people into the way you know the way they believe and the way they think. And the biggest problem is, in my own personal opinion, ladies and gentlemen is that we're not face-to-face. We become desensitized as a human race. We do. As, as the, for the American culture, we become desensitized. We, we literally don't – we've lost that ability to communicate face-to-face and how powerful that is. And I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story that happened not that long ago on vacation. Uh, I was in Key West, Florida, all right, not that long ago, me and a young lady, Jeannie, and we were down there. We were in Key West, first time ever in Key West. Now, the thing about Key West is this. If you are somebody who's ever gone to Key West, you already know this. You're not going there for the beaches. Um, the beaches are not all that grand. Uh, I we were at, at several beaches, and it's not the type of beach, ladies and gentlemen, where you can walk right into the water. Um, you have what looks like cow manure that drifts from Cuba, from what we understood, and makes its way to the shores of Key West to the point, Joe, where you can't even walk into the water. It's like a wall of it, and it literally surrounds the island. It doesn't smell all that great either. So Key West has a lot of great things about it. The beaches are not one, in my own personal opinion, which forces us to the hotel pools. Now, we stayed at a fabulous hotel, the Waldorf Astoria, and the pools were fantastic. And so this is where my feel-good story begins, Joe, and I hope everybody enjoys this. While we were in Key West the first day, this is kind of a – if anybody's ever gone on vacation, this is where you go to the pool at your hotel, and you're trying to get a feel – what, where is my area of that pool? Where am I camping out for that entire week, right? If, if I'm not going to the beach every day, what part of the pool is where I'm going to hang out? So we found our part. It was the, the wide steps that lead into the pool, and that's where we hung out, right there. And all of a sudden, I think day two, Joe, we started to realize there was a large group of people that were coming down, okay? Now, this group of people, they took up the entire side of the one pool. And we're talking about a large pool, ladies and gentlemen. This pool can hold easily 200 people uh, inside the pool with with room to move around. And, and so the one family that came down, we assumed they were family and we were right. They took up the whole entire one side. It was the Chulo family, an Italian family from Jersey City, New Jersey, And they were the life of the party in Key West the week that we were there, Joe. Uh, I I don't know how to explain it. When they when they got down there, it was it seemed as if the one side was reserved for them. And we were everybody was okay with that. And I'm going to tell you why, because what they would do was invite basically everybody and anybody over to socialize and congregate with them. They had the radio going. 
that had my 80s music playing. Nobody cared about the fact that the, the music was blasting. Everybody was telling them to turn it up. Nobody cared about that. Um, it, was, it, was, it was such a good time. And it seemed like this. Now, you know, when you, you know, meeting the Chulo family, you had Anthony, uh, Anthony Butch Chulo, and his job. It seemed to me, this is my brain working, his job from what I could see when I was first watching them was to go around the pool and begin to introduce himself to everybody, Joe. He would go up to anybody. I don't care what race. I don't care what religion. I don't care what age. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what gender they were. He would go up to everybody and you could see that he was just communicating and eventually he made his way over to us. It was like he was the ambassador for the Chulo family. And, and so when Anthony came over, obviously, what's the conversation to start with? Where are you from? How are you guys doing? How long have you been here? Are you enjoying it? And we began a conversation. And at that point, you know, his, I believe he is, his wife, Laura, and his kids, Alyssa, and Anthony, and Michael. And then there was Joe Chulo, his brother. And there was, there was Lisa, and there was Mario, there was Amanda, there was Abigail. Uh, there was there was Alex, another brother. I think Mario was the fourth brother, if I'm not mistaken. There was Denise. Uh, I think I already said Angelo, or no, maybe I didn't. But and then there was mother. There was the grandma, the mother, Lucille. I mean, they brought the entire family down there to Key West, and they offered people their food. They offered people their music. They they it, I, as as this week went on. It was fantastic because I began to realize that we should have faith in society because here was a group of people that were showing us that you can talk, you can disagree, you can agree to disagree, you can have these conversations, Joe, right? You can have all these conversations. You can come together from all walks of life and enjoy yourself in the moment. And be okay with the fact that not everybody agrees with everybody's viewpoint. And I believe in my own heart of hearts, that is one of the biggest problems with social media today. When you are on a keyboard typing away with each other, if I didn't know Mario, if I didn't know Alex, if I didn't know Anthony, if I didn't know Joe or Denise, and we had a difference of opinion on Facebook and we just ended up on the same page. What happens in that situation, Joe? We begin to argue. We begin to type away, you know, sometimes in an angry manner because the other person doesn't agree with what we agree with. And we're actually maybe arguing a point with an individual who, if we actually were face to face with them and we were literally there talking to them, it wouldn't be even half as bad. It wouldn't be bad at all. We would enjoy the moment and move on. And so that is what makes me realize that I have faith in society because of that one moment in meeting the Chulo family, all of them, truly. Uh, I really believe that it, it was, it was just fantastic. It really was. There was little Joe, little Joe. I think he was, I don't know how old little Joe was. Was he 12? Was he 13? And uh, big Joe would, when little Joe would do something, big Joe would say, this guy. <laughs> yes, I'm laughing. And I would just laugh. This guy. Right. And, and it was just funny because it, it was just it was great to get to know. That. And, and little Joe was was busting my chops because I'm an Indians fan. OK. And where is he from? He's from Jersey. He's a New York Yankees fan. So obviously there's a little point of, you know, tension there. And 
And we were able to laugh about it and able to talk about it and, and move on from that and, you know, jab each other a little bit and move on from that. It's the difference between when you don't see somebody, when you're not talking to somebody face to face. It's so much more different when you're with a group of people. We've lost that. All right. Do you understand where I'm coming from, Joe? I do. Yeah. We've lost that in time. And, and so it's simply put, it's just nice to see that you still have these kind of families out there, like the Chulo family from Jersey City, New Jersey, that they know how to embrace, all right, in a social event and bring everybody together and say, hey, what's going on? Let's have a good time, everybody. And, and, and let's forget about all the craziness going on out there right now. Now, this is in the middle of a pandemic. It's in the middle of a lot of political strife. It's in the middle of a lot of different things going on. You've mentioned a few of them earlier, Joe. And it, it was just nice to have that. And, you know, that's not where it ends. That's not where it ends. Uh, and, and folks, forgive me if I'm talking and I seem excited and emotional, but that's how emotional I am about this situation because it actually made me feel good. When I left Key West, I truly felt like, you know what? Society has a chance. They really do. And I'm going to tell you another reason why. Because enter the Kelleher family. Gary and Jeannie from Boston, Massachusetts. And Gary had what is my favorite accent. And I'm not even going to bother trying to do it. But I love the Boston accent. And Gary had it. I mean, it's exactly the accent he had. And just the nicest people in the world just made their way over and began to talk to us. And then guess, guess, guess who come over? Guess who comes over as we're talking to them? Anthony Chulo to meet the Kelleher family and invite them in. And the next thing you know, our group is getting bigger around that part of the pool and bigger around that part of the pool. And the next thing you know, we have all these people, but we're not done with the Kelleher family was Brenda Hoyt Hardy of a fantastic lady, uh, pleasant to talk to and just it was just a fun experience to be able to share ideas, share thoughts. And she asked us about the podcast. I told her and Jeannie all about the podcast. And, and we had a conversation about that. Um, and, and I can't remember all the conversations. This happened some time ago. But it was just nice to have all these people around. And then with this group from Boston also was one more person, Frederick Graham. Ricky. I didn't know his name was Frederick. Everybody called him Ricky. Now, Rick is going to be a guest on Two Brothers, One Mike in the future, possibly the near future. We're going to have a conversation with them. And there's a reason why he's going to be. See, Gary and, and Jeannie and Brenda bring Rick with them. Rick is wheelchair bound. And he's going to tell his whole story. But long story short, too late. He had a situation where he was an AFib and the doctor uh, asking him to get to the specialist that he needed to get to as soon as possible. And when he got to the specialist, some things went wrong, very wrong medically. And he's going to talk all about that. And folks, he was in a coma and he was without oxygen for six minutes. Now think about that six minutes. And so because of that, and there's so much more that goes with this story that he's going to talk about when we do the interview, Joe, um, and, and what he's doing to overcome that in his life. It's, it's a great feel-good story. And so Rick is in a wheelchair, and this is what I began to notice. Stuff like this is what makes me believe in society. So we talked about how both myself 
and the genie that I was with at the pool, um, not not Jeannie Kelleher from from Boston, but the genie that I was with, we began to witness Gary. From what I began to see, Gary was the gentleman who basically took care of Rick. In other words, anything Rick needed to do. If Rick wanted to sit down on the steps in the pool, Gary was the person who helped him into the pool. Gary was the person who helped him onto the airplane. Gary was the person who, as we began to speak with them and understand more and more, he is Rick's right-hand man. And what was so great about this was the amount of back-and-forth jabbing that they had going between each other. And, and just, just the unbelievable amount of jabbing between each other. And it was just hilarious. It was pure comedy and you couldn't help but laugh. And, and trust me, Rick has a sense of humor that you would not expect somebody in his situation to have, but how far he's overcome his situation already is amazing to me. And this is where it got really good. At one point, Rick wanted to get on the life raft and get into the pool. Gary was unable. Rick's a big guy. And Gary was unable to get Rick onto the life raft. Now, folks, I want you to listen to this and picture this. While Gary is beginning to hold him, I go up the steps and I begin to hold the raft and Rick holds on to me. Now, here comes you know who, two or three of the Chulo family. They grab and hold on to Rick. And then here comes three or four other people. I don't know them. Gary doesn't know them. Rick doesn't know them. Anthony Chula doesn't know them. Uh, none, none of, nobody knows who these people are. They simply see what we're doing, and they come over and say, how can we help? And we all got Rick onto this life raft. I want you to think about that. When you ask me, what is it that makes you have faith in the human spirit? This right here is what makes me have faith. And we got Rick on that raft. And he went floating around the pool with us. Now, at one point, we began a conversation, and we forgot about Rick. And Rick floated, literally, to the other side of the pool, some 70 yards away. And when we looked around, and we could not find Rick, we looked to the other side of the pool. Was he yelling for us to come get him? He just floated right up to other people and was talking to them. He just went on. We looked down to the other side of the pool and Rick was just sitting there talking to other people. He doesn't know them. He floated over there. So he figured if I'm going to be over here, I might as well go ahead and talk to these people. And he was talking to the people. And then Gary went and got him. And Rick had some, you know, some different. He had some words for us when he got back to the the pool, a few adjectives, some colorful phrases um, as far as as far as what he was thinking of us in the moment for letting him float all the way over there. But it's just things like that that make me feel like there is, there, there, there is, there is compassion out there. And I think it's the majority of us in this country. I think we outweigh the minority of the people who have this negative connotation, this, this unbelievable end of society and society as we know it, this great divide. I think we're more united than we realize it, United States of America. I really do. And I think you need to start going on vacation and embracing situations like this where you're meeting all these people that you've never met before. And I hope, I hope honestly in my heart of hearts that you can have an experience like I had in Key West, Florida that summer. Truly, Joe, truly. <laughs> you know, um, there's it, it just reminds me, there's a family that we always uh, – uh, 
run into when we go on vacation. We 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 seem to vacation at the same time, and it's the yeah. exact same thing. They they are the life of the party. Like everybody on the beach, whoever you are, if you're on the beach at that time, you're invited. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, food and and booze and, yep. and music. It's mm-hmm. just you know the the Miami people, the Miami people. They they come up there and yeah. the whole family shows up. But yeah, so I know what you mean. It's pretty it's pretty cool. In fact, we've gotten to a, to the point where we schedule our vacations during the time they're there. Uh, they have kids too. So of course ours plays with theirs and it's always fun. But um, I'll tell you what, one of the things that you were saying about social media and it it just holds true. And I've said this, I've said this for a while. Uh, You know, we all have that family member, right? That Uh uncle or that cousin who, you know, sometimes they say, and they act a certain way that around Thanksgiving tables, we all kind of laugh a little bit. We go, yeah, Okay. And we just dismiss it. But what social media has allowed us to do, they've allowed that cousin or uncle to have a voice. Yeah. And whereas we were still sitting there going, dude, what are you even talking about? There's other people like him. And then they get together. And what you're going to find is that this, it's that the squeakiest wheel gets all the oil. (laughs) <laughs> and you, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what they are. They're a bunch yeah. of little squeaky, uh, squeaky wheels making all this noise. Okay. Yeah. And it gets to a point where really it's just aggravating. Um, most people are good. Just like the country song says, most people are good. Uh, I've seen that myself. Um, you know, not just in search, uh, circumstances like you're talking about here, but even children who uh, I remember specifically a young lady that uh, uh, came up to, um, you know, where I do photographs. Uh, I purposely gave her change. I gave her an extra like 50 cents or 75 cents. It was nothing bad, but I purposely gave it to her, you know, just sort of the test, right? Right. She comes back. She says, I'm sorry. You know, you gave me Now we're talking about a 12 year old little girl. Now, you know, I mean, these are kids, right? They've really products of what they're taught. She didn't do that on her own. She was brought up a certain way. So I'm not going to give her full credit, but when she came back and gave me the 75 cents back, of course, I gave her like a couple extra dollars and I told her I knew exactly what I did, you know, and I let her know what, what, what I was doing. The fact is, though, most people will do the right thing. Here's where we run into a bigger problem. You have people that are, let's say, doctors yeah. or pharmacists, and they deal with a lot of illness. And in their mind, 100% of people are sick. Because 100% of people going to, well, okay, 98% of people going to them have an illness, right? Uh And so it's harder for them to see beyond the fact that everybody they deal with is sick. Police officers, 100% uh, of the time, if you're working in the jail, you're dealing with 100% criminal element. Okay. Okay. But the point is, is not everybody you deal with in life is a criminal. You just see this all the time. That's what you deal with. And so it it changes our perspectives and we forget to open our minds up to the fact that there's a whole other world out there and right. not everybody is what we're used to dealing with. People will surprise you. They'll shock you, you know, uh, if you give, but you have to give them the chance. And that's, that's where a lot of folks have a hard time. Bring it back to social media for, for, you know, to come full circle there's no need for the chance. You just read it. You see it. That's it. There's no other way. If you try to respond, you're blocked immediately or they yeah. befriend you or unfriend you or whatever it is. You, you can't ever get that open mindedness, that per, that open perspective. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's a big it's a big deal. It, it really is a a um, uh, I feel it's a a huge backstep for society uh, ever since, you know, it's it's really 
taken a hold to most families. Uh, and we'll yeah. just call out Facebook as the main one. Um, you know, I'm sure it goes across all the platforms. But. It does. But yeah, I, I agree with you on, on Facebook. I mean, it, it is what it is. But but, you know, you have to look at it this way, too. And again, I don't want to get too much into social media too, too much because we're going to do an entire show on this. Sure. But um, let me tell you the way I keep in touch with the Chulo family and the Kalahars sure. And, sure. And, and Rick. And, and that's through social media. Right. So, that's, what it's, yeah. that's what it's for. Right. And that's it's the just good. Like, that's the good. I right. mean, it's and just like just like entertainers. Right. When I turn on my TV. This is something that bothers me. It just has always bothered me. Whatever's going on in the news and the headlines, all of a sudden these TV shows got to bring it into their world. And, you know, I sit down and veg out in front of a TV to kind of take a little break from the news, take a break from all the ridiculousness. And now it's in my TV shows too. You know what I mean? It it just, and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. So, everything has, has the good and the bad, right? Right. right. Um, And sure. If you're using social media to stay in touch, which is what it was initially. I think they, 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 that was the initial reasoning for it. It was until they realized, Hey, we could make a lot of money doing this, um, you know, in different ways. And yes, that will save for the show. Now, as far as having faith in humanity over a vacation, um, no, I totally agree with everything you went through there. But I'm 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 going to tell you uh, a story that I have when I went on vacation. Go ahead. And and I don't know, I don't know that I could say the same thing. Um, uh oh. Yeah. And, right, let, and let's so, hear it. Uh, <laughs> so, Cindy and I go on vacation. We went on our honeymoon to Jamaica. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we get we we get on the bus. We get on the uh, a bus from the airplane. They're going to take us to the resort. Now I've decided I don't know why, but before I got on the plane, because we got on the plane here in May in Cleveland, it's it's freezing cold. Uh, I'm wearing like sweatpants and I I layered. I put shorts underneath because I figure I'll just you know when we get down there, it's undoubtedly going to be hot. I'll take off my jogging pants, and my sweatshirt, and everything. Well, we get off the plane. You don't have time for that. There was no time for 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 getting out of it. So I'm running around Jamaica, 95 with 120% humidity. Okay. (laughs) And I'm just dying. I'm just full of sweat. I just want to get to the resort, unpack, turn on the air and just jump in the shower. Okay. We get off the plane, we get on the bus for our resort and there's just us and one other family. Two people, another couple. And they weren't there for a honeymoon. They were there. They were taking a, they were taking a break from the kids. Okay. Uh, All right. I get it. They were from Boston. So, uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Oh, come sorry. on now. But, right. but no, 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 I, I, I'm going to hold, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a limb. Now. I'm going right, to go on a limb and say that this is just very specific to this family because I don't mm. think this is going to be the mentality of most people in Boston. No way. So we get on the bus and, you know, the, the bus driver, at one point he stops the bus, pulls the bus over. Now, first of all, you have to get used to them driving on the other side of the road. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that, that I was already white knuckled. There are no laws. The law is go from point A to point B as quickly as you can without hitting anything. <laughs> that includes the goats all over the side of the road. I agree. I've been, everywhere. I've been, yep. Yeah. You know, so, so uh, I'm white knuckled and, and holding on to the seat for dear life till I get used to this. Cause it's just unreal. The guy just pulls over at some point and decides this is where I'm going to ask them, do you guys want any weed smoke? 
You want me to get you some smoke? <laughs> okay. Now, Cindy and I are both police officers. Well, that was very that was very polite of him, though, don't I, you think? I, 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 well, he, our needs came first. I, okay. I can understand that. But, okay. So he, he stopped, and he asked us, and, and so I'm not going to tell him I'm a cop, and I don't think it matters i'm in jamaica what the hell does it matter from you have no jurisdiction States? you have no Nothing jurisdiction I do here. no so i said you know the next best thing as to why somebody would not smoke weed we're both personal trainers we don't smoke okay mm-hmm. he looks me up and down and gives me sort of this look like i know better but what you do in the states stays in the states you're in jamaica now <laughs> okay. and He's looking at me All as right. if he knew we were cops. <laughs> there was no, he had I don't know if we had, we he had, had to look. Pin. I don't yeah. know what was going on. So I said, no, we're good. There's only two other people on this bus. And I'm like, I just want to get to the resort. Oh, no, they want, they want smoke. These two want smoke. They want weed. So I'm like, oh, God. Oh, All right. So this is wonderful. We, we drive a little bit further down the road and we pull into a, um, I don't it's a little like side shop, a little, you know, a hut where they sell jerk chicken and 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 apparently weed. Yeah. So we go there. I don't know that over the counter so much. I don't think you could just order up, you know, I'll take the Jamaican red hair, you know, for Uh, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, no. I'm going with so we get there. Um the other family goes in the back with the bus driver to meet the dealer. And we're just looking in the souvenir shop and we're looking at some of the shirts and stuff. And I'm just trying to avoid everything going on back there. I saw, I took one look and I, I, I saw what I saw. And I'm like, I, you know, let me go back just a minute. First, Cindy and I stayed on the bus. At, at that point, I'm looking around and I'm like, yeah, we're cornered in this bus. <laughs> The two stupid Americans are stuck in this bus and we're cornered in here. Let's get off the bus. So we got off the bus because there's a drug deal. And if it goes bad, well, we're all dead. So we all get back on the bus. And I'm like, good, it's over. It's all over. We're all done. Okay. So we leave the 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 gift shop, you know, and 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 I'm like, great. You know, yeah. we're finally going to make it back to our, our resort. I can take a shower and and you know, everything that I said before. Thank right. God, I'm dying on this thing. No, no, we didn't go back to the resort. We had to stop at a hotel. See, apparently in Jamaica, and I don't know, I don't know how it's done in Boston, but for some reason, these this family thought that they were going to purchase their weed with a credit card. Now, I don't, I don't know about drug dealers in Boston, but I'm going to say, you know, there's like a tax issue. They probably don't claim that kind of stuff. Probably not. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they want the paper trail. Yeah, they literally tried to use a credit card. To buy weed. I'll t- now this is before. <laughs> obviously, this is illegal. This is an illegal transaction. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that either. Well, I knew this part was illegal, right? Okay. I thought smoking it in Jamaica. I thought you were allowed to. Dear God, Bob Marley is from Jamaica. Right, Everything, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and uh, uh, so yeah, we had to go to the ATM and go back to the souvenir shop. Oh my. So by the time we made it to the resort, everything was said and done. Well, they were the only other family. So this is the family we keep running into. And again, everybody runs into that family that, you know, you swear, well, you know, again, long story short, too late, right? right. Uh, The first conversation we have, where are you guys from? Ohio. Oh, what do you do? And I just start laughing. And I explained to him, oh. well, we're both cops. <laughs> and it, he starts freaking out. I'm like, dude, 
what <laughs> what what are we gonna do to you here <laughs> so we he just thought you, don't smoke he thought you guys were gonna like, handcuff him and take him away right there well he just went into he went into, into into you know straight you know just like criminal mode i'm like oh, relax man they can't nobody do anything to you here uh at all <laughs> Two cops from Ohio are going to arrest you in Jamaica and take in you Jamaica. away. Yeah, that'd only, be interesting. Only one cop, there's only one cop out there, and we all know this, that can be completely out of jurisdiction and still arrest you, and that's Bruce Willis. Yeah. Nobody else could possibly do that. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so that, that was the end of that. But we ended up uh, we ended up friends, and, you know, we ate Oh, well, days. there's your feel-good story right there. I, I, had to, I had to go golfing with him. and Well, the thing is, is him and his wife and Cindy got along really well, and so we were kind of, like, stuck with each other and yeah. I, there was nothing in common whatsoever yeah, yeah. It, again he, he well he paid for the golf which really that, yeah, i wasn't common. paying for it because yeah. i don't uh so you had that in common he was paying for the golf you weren't so there's something you had in common right there right? well the red stripe you had a lot of red mm. stripe yeah i got you yeah, jerk chicken jerk chicken and red stripe that's what it was all about right. right. but yeah you know it was just it, it was it was well that's a, that's but. a completely different way than i met the kelleher family i could tell you that right now well, yeah, it sounded like it. Like I said, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't know how most people do it in Boston. I don't think they use credit cards. These guys, though, oh yeah. Well, yeah, but let me. So wait a minute. This was this couple. All right, real quick before we move on, they they were there to get away from the kids, right? Yeah. Uh, they get a pass. I mean, they they weren't in their right mind probably to begin with. They, they must have. They must have been. They must have some bad kids because they were they weren't in their right mind. What are you going to do? They're going to try and buy drugs. They're going to try and buy them with a credit card in Jamaica. They're going to do it in front of two cops from Ohio. I mean, <laughs> I, it all it all worked out though, and and that's that's the feel good story. Uh, and so you here again, all right, meeting people on vacation, two opposite, completely opposite ways. Yeah. But it's amazing though how strangers that you're getting to know and that ability to one another and to talk about things that you if you talked about them on social media it would be an argument but you're talking about them face to face you're just in conversation and it, whether it's whether it's an agree to disagree or whether it's a completely agree uh completely disagree whatever you're able to continue the conversation and enjoy yourselves and get to know other people and realize the good in the human beings regardless of their belief systems and, and so that would be so amazing if all of us can realize that in the moment, whether on vacation or not, when you meet new people, get the opportunity to sit back and and realize that potential out there uh, in human interaction. I think human interaction needs to, to make a big comeback over this this interacting via Skype and Zoom and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and 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 Snapchat and every other walk of uh whatever you want to call every other social media outlet it's it's absolutely ridiculous so getting to actually interact uh and uh i think really truly uh is huge for the human spirit and that's just my take and you know just to throw one more thing in there uh as far as the 70s and 80s feel good story is concerned uh or not even feel good story but the nostalgia cool in the gang okay right joe cool in the gang uh, 1970s, 1980s, ladies' night, celebration, emergency, misled. Uh, Robert Cool Bell. Well, Mario, one of the Chulo brothers, burst my bubble right there in the pool at the Waldorf Astoria because somehow we began, I think a Cool in the Gang song came on the radio and we were all listening to the song 
And I said, Robert Kubel. I said, Youngstown, Ohio. And Mario said, no, he's from, he's from Jersey City. I know him. And don't you, Joe, do you remember the commercial all the time that would come on the radio when we were younger? And he would say, hi, this is Robert Kubel from Cool and the Gang. And when I'm in Youngstown, my hometown, I listen to Hot FM 101. I don't remember that. So apparently it's just that he maybe he was born here but grew up his whole life in Jersey City. So I've been telling people my whole life that the main members of Cool and the Gang, not the lead singer, JT was from California, but the main members were from Youngstown, Ohio, and they're not. They're from Jersey City. So Mario Chulo burst my bubble, and I was I thought I knew everything about the 70s and 80s. So I was left just amazed. I was flabbergasted by that. And so there's my 70s and 80s for you. Mario, if you're out there listening to this, thanks for bursting my bubble, man. I actually, I really did think that, Joe, I thought they graduated from Youngstown East. I, I, somebody told me that story when I was little and I actually believed it. Here, they must have moved at a really young age and they grew up right there with the Chulo family in Jersey Very City. Possible. Yeah, Very it all possible. depends on who it was that told you that when you were younger, too. So. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. I've never listened to them again, though. So, that being said, that is our feel good story about the the unbelievable power of meeting people in person and getting to know them as opposed to this, this desensitization that we have by being on social media and, and arguing points where we get nowhere. We get nowhere when we, when we do this. Uh, it, all it is is a waste of time. And I, I really wish that people would really start getting back into working with actually meeting people, meeting new people, joining groups, uh, going to places, going to camps, going, going here, going there, meeting new people, shaking hands, saying hello. This is who I am. This is where I'm from. Who are you? Where are you from? Nice to meet you. I think that will be so much better than this ridiculousness we've had going on for the last one or two decades, truly. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. But all right, well, let's talk about next week's show. Yes. Uh, where we're going to be Going back to exercise, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're actually going to be discussing time under tension, what it is, what it isn't, what its purposes are, and what are all of its benefits. Tony, there's there's different types of time under tension, aren't there? It's not just done one specific way, is it? No, there's so many different types, and we're going to try and cover as much as we can. It doesn't even have to be one show, right? It could be more than one show. Sure. But uh, you know, just to get the understanding, like you just said, as far as the benefits and the purposes are, are concerned and, and and what it does for us. So, I mean, you know, folks, if you listen to the one show, and maybe Joe, in this particular show, when we do time under tension, you could put the link to when we talk about uh, the different types of strengths, right? Sure. So it, I'll get, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give just an example of time under tension. And maybe that could just give people an understanding of what, you know, a little bit about what the show is going to be about. So when you talk about time under tension, folks, you talk about, uh, putting more stress on a certain muscle group for a longer period of time. So if you can imagine dumbbell curls, right? Ladies and gentlemen, you have dumbbells in your hand. You're going to do curls with them. Maybe you're going to do one, one dumbbell at a time, right? Alternating back and forth. The ability to take longer periods of time to bring the dumbbell up to its point, all right, where it is basically across from your shoulder, where you look like you're making a bicep, and then lowering it back to its starting point again. Let's say you're taking five to 10 seconds, slow movements, okay, good technique, as you raise the dumbbell up to its finishing point, 
squeeze and hold, and slowly lower the dumbbell back down. That's an example of time under tension where you're taking longer periods of time to complete the process. So, Joe, if you're doing 8 to 10 reps and you're doing it where you're going somewhat slow but you're moving constantly, alternating back and forth from one arm to the next in a dumbbell curl, it it's something that might take anywhere from – you know, 15, 16, 17 seconds. Whereas if you're doing time under tension and it's taking 10 seconds just to raise the dumbbell up and then 10 seconds to lower it down, you can imagine it's going to take up to one, one and a half minutes in order to complete that particular exercise, that particular set. Next week, one of the things I wanted uh, to ask you about, um, you know, for time under tension uh, is the idea of doing an exercise, repping it out for a certain amount of time. So if that's something we could talk about next week, I think that would be a good idea as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that would be, uh, those are great talking points. Definitely include on the show. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. And that's Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. And everybody out there, I just want to say this real quick. Chulo family, Kelahar family. Brenda Hoyt-Hardy, Frederick Graham, Ricky, a.k.a. Ricky. I just want to tell you guys honestly from the bottom of my heart, thank you for restoring my faith in society, in humanity, truly. Be the best you out there, everybody. Take care. See you next week.